It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 37 of the Redirect Podcast. It is Friday, March 9th, 2018. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. Welcome this week by a great team here. Patrick, Ashley, and Adrian, all from the Black Truck team. Welcome, gang. Hey. Someone argued maybe the greatest team. <laughs> well, truly. I, you know, I am biased, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I can't really. Mm-hmm. Was it Jason that made the argument? I, I think I'm going to make the argument oh, right okay. now, Got so it. I made right. some. Quick, tweet that out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've got a lot of great topics to cover uh this week we covered some some awesome stuff actually pat and i did last last episode we talked a lot about attribution and some big changes coming uh as always in the google landscape so i'm going to continue on that theme with some kind of industry trends and buzz that's happening um i'm picking up on more things that came out of pubcon which happened mm. like like toward the latter part of february um the biggest one uh, was a statement made by Google's Gary Illies on the, the question of, does the order and placement and position of your content matter to Google? And this is, mm. this is on, on your site. This um, kind of as a note to point out, this has nothing to do with where your content is at in your HTML. It's more about um, uh, just the, the actual order and placement of how it's Site structure or a little, yeah, a, a little bit, and, and more importantly, how does it how does it affect mobile rankings? Mm. And so, so what Gary said is that he kind of officially confirmed it that the mobile rankings of your site can totally be dependent on the order of the content on your site as well as how it's positioned in the page. So I, I think mm. to your point, Pat, yeah, how um, you know how do you have things laid out? Is, is important. That has nothing to do with HTML per se, right. um, but more importantly, um, if you were to picture it in a mobile environment, how do things scale and how do things push together? So we'll make sure we link to a couple um, a couple other articles. But I I had learned more about it from following things on Twitter and then um, also uh, David Bain from uh, Semrush or SEMrush. Uh, had a whole follow-up of things that came out of PubCon. It's a really great overview, but um, he linked over to an article of conversation that was happening uh, from from Gary and PubCon. So, so the question I ask a client often when they have a popular page that dominates a lot of traffic, and I say, so how do you navigate to this page? And they can't answer. That's a relevant question? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Google's able to see the content... Uh, is at the top and what's at the bottom. So regardless of how it is in the HTML, CSS layout, it's it's probably not new to a lot of people, but it just reinforces the fact of like, let's get that most important content up to the top. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that there has to be anything necessarily scientific mm-hmm. uh, about it. Right. You could easily play the user the usability side of it. So less about navigation. And more about page structure. Mm-hmm. That... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Page structure, not as it relates to HTML. Right, right, right. right. So, which can get confusing. Mm. And that reminds me of the conversations that we've had before about um, the inverted pyramid structure, too. Um, having your most important 
yeah. information at, at the top of the page, basically, and then s- supplemental kind of... Which I think becomes even more important in a mobile world because of scrolling and because I don't have that much time is perceived. But. Except what about journalism in this space? Because what you <clears throat> described, Ashley, is how PR delivers information to news structure, but how news structure writes is storytelling, right? They True. don't front load everything in the first paragraph. Mm-hmm. It's building a story to keep you engaged and involved. So I think, I think journalism is, is going to be a little bit uh, different in, in the sense that news sites especially are, in the eyes of Google and search, are viewed uh, quite differently than, than mm-hmm. that of a commercial, what we deem sure. as a, a commercial site. Because so, they, they do summarize the story at the top. There's usually bullets or a, a different text, text font at the top of every story that summarizes the entire story before it gets into the meat of the story. Right, but the, like how, how journalists tell stories is right, not well, to yeah. front-load it I mm-hmm. in a space. And not, like, I'm guessing, you know, like, if we can call Newsweek a news source, I don't know if we can anymore, but, like, a Newsweek or a Wall Street Journal or whatever have figured out, like... Because they're like a super structured and mm-hmm. a large organization. Mm-hmm. But if you look at like, let's take a local example, for instance, who we shall not name. But if you <laughs> perhaps look at that page, yeah, it's going to be structured a lot different. So I think the more sophisticated the organization, the better prepared they are for this kind of thing. But some Absolutely. of the less, it well, it, it just sophisticated. I, oh no, brands one hundred one hundred percent brands are not doing that. No, no, and and. <laughs> It's really looking at the, if you have your content organized in one fashion, desktop, Mm -hmm. and then you reorg that going to a mobile environment, really pay close attention to how your content shifts around Mm -hmm. and making sure that you place that that most important content toward the top. Yeah, I mean, you're only going to scroll so far, right? Yep. Right, both contexts. So I think the question, I and I haven't <clears throat> dug into it enough to know, and I don't think anybody has yet, is that is that stemming from uh, user interaction with the content? Mm-hmm. Like basically, has nothing to do with Google indexing and crawling it. Right, they're going to get through that content. Right, it has everything to do with the user in a mobile index clicks on the link, goes to the page finds the relevant content, the content that is most important to them. Maybe that's the meat of the content, Pat, to your point, up front. So now we're a too long, didn't read society. Oh, oh I think we've been that way for a long time. Come on. Yeah, what is our attention span? 4.8 seconds? No, I feel like there's no, a no, lot. no, no. Goldfish is three seconds. We're less than I that. Feel like, <laughs> I feel like we, it, it depends probably on the industry and like what you're actually reading or whatever, but. With the intent. That, uh, yeah, and how, and how you're going to use it, you know. I mean, you're not going to spend, I don't know. I just think that sometimes when we look at like, I don't know, if you look at like time on page, sometimes you view that as a success indicator, but is it? You, well, look, at, you look at your market too. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the outlet you're referring to, the local, I know what you're talking about, and I agree, it's borderline unusable. Mm-hmm. You compare it to like a, a Huffington Post that's mm-hmm. almost unusable in the way their site works mm-hmm. and once you click into an article. But then you look at... Um, Washington Post, New York Times, mm-hmm. their webpage almost looks like a newspaper, and it works mm-hmm. like a newspaper, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's it, it doesn't deter you, but that's, they've designed that based on their mm-hmm. audience, you know, uh, the local brand and the HuffPost, they work on almost like a clickbait mm-hmm. model, Definitely. whereas 
the other two sites are journalistic mm-hmm. approach. Yeah, and that's what you're going there for, right? I mean, I don't expect to go to HuffPost and get Wall Street Journal or New York Mag or whatever type of environment. Um, like, it's, it's a different environment, so it's a different animal, but for right. sure. When I think that you Google wanted, doesn't, like, know that, you know? Like, they don't they do. know that, really. They, I think they do. Right? I think they do. They know everything. I think I they know do. They know everything. He's actually in, <laughs> they're listening right now. There's an email in the inbox now telling you how they know. <laughs> they're gonna target. I know. Which you're gonna get. You're gonna get ads later. No, I already know that. I mean, my Google Home. I am not using it enough, and it's already. It sends me an email. It tells me <laughs> that I'm not using it enough, and now I'm scared. Talk, talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> Just wants to be heard. So I think to add on this journalism thing, I'm gonna totally steal a second spot here, is because it's it's super relevant. Is that a super recent announcement? Like last night, I think it was. Google stated that they're gonna bring techniques and benefits of accelerated mobile pages. So mm-hmm. AMP. Very highly, right, highly, highly used for news, journalistic AMP was built sources. for news. Right, correct. Because it powers what is known as um, the, the instant, the top story carousel mm-hmm. right now. Um, they're talking about bringing those standards into open web standards. Meaning, no more AMP. Bake this into your code, much like a lot of the structured data is that we've been talking mm. about. To, to better support instant loading content. Hmm. Um, so much, again, much of these types of pieces of content can be found in, in uh, Google search in those top story uh, carousels. Um, I'm taking a quote directly from Barry Schwartz from SEO Roundtable, but if you were working on making AMP versions of your website pages, maybe you might be able to hold off and see how that goes. Now, if you're already down that process, maybe you continue on it because you know, open web standards take a while to roll out. But at the same time, I, I think that, that uh, you know, the question that comes up is, okay, why would Google go this route instead of AMP, which is what they, what they created? From my perspective, they're tired of keeping up with it. There's, there's a lot of questions that come up about AMP. It's value, it's power, how do we manage it, how do we track it? If Google's going forward in a mobile-first index... Why create another channel, another piece of content, another thing that they have to manage Mm -hmm. when if they can pull that content and serve it up on Google as they do, like they do with AMP, why, why not just bake that into a site now? Why, why even have to manage something separate? Does it have any, well, how do I word this question? Will that play a schema at all? Well, I think it, I think it goes into structured data much like schema markup would. You know, mm-hmm. if we're saying uh, this is a, a tourist attraction and, and these are the key points of interest or it's a sports team and these are the players. It, it's similar to that. Uh, I would say that I would think it would be similar to that in a structured data type, type environment. Hmm. Maybe they're going to pull from structured data sets. I don't know. Um, but that would be a nicety. So it would, it would kind of come full circle with the journalism side of it, hmm. too. Yeah, mm. especially with news sources, their their goal certainly is to not send you off off site. Mm-hmm. If if they can serve that content up in in Google News, they sure as hell are not going to deliver you to to the actual news source. So how those how those sites start to monetize even more is, I, mm. I think that's super super volatile. Hmm. I'll leave you with that. So I'm going to switch gears to something a little bit more fun. Um, <laughs> 
What was that more? That was only like a. It's morbid. Depressing. I'm kidding. Um, so I stumbled upon something from Mashable. Whoa. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whoa. Speaking well, of quality journalism. Yeah, that's incredible. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, no offense, Mashable. Um, but it was a picture of Mario, and I was, I was like, what, what, is, what is going on? And like Mario and Luigi, or Mario, Mario Kart? Kart? Like Mario okay. Kart. Yeah, sorry, not Vitality. No, no, Mario and Luigi. Yeah, so apparently tomorrow <laughs> is Mario Day. Tomorrow. Yeah, and so starting tomorrow, Google Maps, the app, if you have it updated, the arrow is being replaced by Mario in a Mario Kart. Fun. Yeah, so when you use navigation, mm. you're going to get the little Mario guy. Going all over. Um, that got me thinking. It, it just reminded me of a conversation that I have at least twice a month with my wife. And, um, it's uh, search within maps. Don't search within search. Ah. She's looking for something. Hmm. She um, like on a local level or any level. Oh. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. Like if you're looking for information of where is or what is or mm-hmm. how do I kind of mm-hmm. thing. It, it's amazing how frequently the answer can be found if you just do it in maps. Hmm. It works like a search bar the same way a search bar does in the Google app. You know, so I, I often say just search within Google and you'll, or sorry, within the Maps app and you'll get there a lot quicker. You'll get your answer. Now, you're an iOS, you're an Apple Correct. iPhone user. So when you say Maps, do you use the native or are you a Google oh, map? No, it's, it's a Google product. Okay. It's definitely, okay. it's the, the Apple Maps is not there mm-hmm. and they're light years behind. We'll talk about that in 12 years when they're a little <laughs> bit more up to speed on, on their maps. Um, no, Google Maps. Um, so I did a little bit of reading on, um, what might be some benefits or ways to, um, get those top search results in, um, in the Google maps, the same way you would in Google mm-hmm. search. Okay. And so I did a couple of tests where in, in, uh, Grand Rapids here and, a couple towns over is a hunting store that I frequent for outdoor and camping gears and things like that. So I, I searched uh, hunting store Granville, and I got back two results, Cabela's and Dunham's. Dunham's is a Michigan brand, uh, and Cabela's was the one I was looking for. There was only two results on the list. And then I tested again. Uh, our office here is in Grand Rapids, and I removed the Granville from the search and got back uh, a whole list of about probably six or seven different hunting and sporting goods stores. And the very first two were Cabela's. The first Cabela's one was an ad. Mm -hmm. The second one was Cabela's Organic. Can you clarify, were you on your phone or desktop? Sorry, I was on my phone. I I took screenshots, so I can, we'll we'll share those. Okay. uh, So yes, this is all going from um, my mobile device. so then I got thinking, what, what does it take to get to the top of the page? Because I, I had a client of ours call who has five locations in the greater Grand Rapids area, and she wanted to know how she can get higher on that, and similar conversation. I stumbled upon, upon some, some best practices, um, and it all stems back to um, Google My Business. Actually, oh, yeah, I know that you, sure. that you um, that's near and dear to your heart. You mm-hmm. play in that space quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes so much further than just reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, an article I read from uh, WordStream, just a, a good source of data, uh, made it, showed, it was funny, they showed um, a bunch of dentists in Hollywood. Because you know, you've got to have those pearly whites. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, was, it showed a small area. It's a lot of veneers. Yeah, exactly. It showed a, a, like a couple of block service area where there was 
tons of dots all over the maps for dentists. But uh, in the sidebar, it showed the listing results. And um, a guy who had a better five-star rating and more reviews was in second place over someone who had less stars and less reviews. Mm -hmm. um, and they dug into it, and it's because it wasn't just that. There was more elements in mm -hmm. it besides just that. Uh, a couple of those um, tips, and obviously this comes from the Google My Business. The biggest one that I thought was pretty great was make your Google My Business address exactly verbatim to what the approved USPS address is, mm -hmm. including the four-digit extension on the zip code. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so then there's no question whatsoever. Um, obviously, verify your location. That's kind of a no-brainer, even though you don't really want to get a postcard in the mail. Um, <laughs> there's other ways to do it. There's other ways. But if you're an agency helping a client, right. then that can get or become multiple locations yeah. or... Yeah. You have seven warehouses that don't have physical offices. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That can be an or issue. Or mailboxes. Um, specify service areas. Obviously, that, that's only relevant to a, a service-based company mm -hmm. that does areas. Like something like us with Black Truck, we can really service any, any mm -hmm. kind of location. So that wouldn't be as relevant to us. Um, multiple categories. Use as many categories yeah. as you can. You know, that, that, what are you limited to? Are you limited to five? Last I checked, More? yes. Okay. So it was five. Yeah, if, they, if there's five that you can find that are close, use them. Mm -hmm. uh, that can be hard to narrow down, too. So it des can. decide if you have multiple locations, especially if there are certain specialties that certain locations specialize in, make sure that that you're using those for those specific locations. And the, and the pro hack there is to make sure that you list the, the um, I would say the most closely aligned mm -hmm. service with your business. Like you may yeah. have some that are gray areas. You're like, ah, oh, we do that, but not really. Make sure you have those that are closely aligned to you. Uh, first, first front, up front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've I've not done this. Actually, you could probably speak on this better. But it's, there's a, an introduction that you can put on your Google My Business um, listing. It's like a look like a paragraph. I didn't check to see if there was a character count limit to it. It's different than a description. Yeah, yeah, it's an introduction and you can put your keywords in that and make it relevant. It's almost like a page description of what it looked like. You know, if you would write it the same way you'd write a um, the new and improved 320 character uh, <laughs> introduction page description to get the relevant stuff in there up front. Um, another one too is include photos. Obviously, that's a that's a no brainer. Uh, oftentimes overlooked, even though it is a no brainer. Uh, and optimize them for web. This gave an interesting tip that I've not, I, I often will speak about the, the benefits of optimizing images for your web page, but this one was interesting. It said, have somebody get into the meta description, to the code of the file, and incorporate um, uh, your address, your mm -hmm. latitude and longitude, like a, an iPhone photo automatically has the lat long mm -hmm. embedded in the mm -hmm. file do the same thing. So it helps with just your in image search too. Um, and in the alt tags that are hard-coded, not, not into the field on the screen when you can put it, but upload it already hard-coded into the back end, uh, alt tags and categories and various things. Can that, you do that in Photoshop? I mean, as a former photographer, yeah, you can. I, I, one life, can you do that? I know that it's a possibility. Okay. And it, it might even be... Um, in, in Adobe, I, I think. There's different ways you can do that, but there is an Adobe product, um, or, sorry, in Acrobat Reader, Adobe Acrobat Reader, you can adjust meta descriptions there, but I know you can definitely do mm -hmm. it, and that's the way, um, the preferred way to do it, but if you can get in there and edit that metadata, it's just another tool that you mm -hmm. can use mm -hmm. and help mm -hmm. with that image search mm -hmm. 
that would also work in um, organic search as well, yeah. regular Google search. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about, and I'm, ju I'm just going to touch on these because I think I could turn this into a blog post or a whole other separate episode, <laughs> is um, paid ads in maps. Oh, yeah. There's now four different new ways. It's Google made mention of it in uh, mid-2017, and I believe they all started rolling out in late 2017. And I really want to start playing with it. And I'm going to see if there's a way that I can incorporate it with some of our existing. But uh, you can do promoted pins. Whereas uh, in the example that was given um, on your map, it was a pin of the Best Buy logo. It, it wasn't the, little, the traditional red button. It was the logo of the business. So that's one way to do it. And that will coincide with the ad that will show up in the left sidebar mm -hmm. if it's desktop or down below. In, in mobile. So these, these promoted listings is both mobile and desktop. Uh, another one is in-store promotions. Uh, I, I don't have the details on a lot of these yet, but in-store promotions is one. It's kind of the, I think it might work the same way you have seen in, seen in, seen in, seen in Instagram. You can, your, your product, like if you're touting like a, a clothing line or something, you can tag the product the same way you can um, tag a person. I think yeah. within the in-store promotions, uh, you can tag a sale. Okay. Um, Another one is local inventory search. Hmm. So that will show you if that's available nearby. Hmm. Um, and customizable business pages. So if you have a specific page that would coincide with the search, not just the brand. So and not just, let's say, in the example of Best Buy, if you wanted to do like Best Buy Samsung television sale, something oh. like that, you could do like the Samsung television page. Huh. So it's definitely something that needs further review. It's definitely another tool to use in that local game. So if you have a budget for PPC that you're using and you have a local element mm -hmm. where you're selling a product or uh, something that has competitors in the area, it's definitely another way to get in there and play. I think it's a really valid point on the, um, the local paid landscape like that because I wasn't going to crush your initial... Point, but um, uh, the reason I wanted to clarify on the desktop versus mobile is because, especially if you're using mobile, uh, you're using maps on a regular basis. Whether or not you navigated to, um, in this case, it was Cabela's that you mentioned before, whether or not you navigated to that store or to that location, uh, you have your phone on you. And in, in most cases, the, the geo tracking is on. So it knows you've been there. It knows you've been right. in that area. In this case, it knows that you prefer that location, actually. But I've never been to that Dunham's, and it gave me that as number two. Right, right, correct. It gave you that as the number two. So in the growing concern for personalized search, you know, because we all, you know, most mobile searches are very personalized because you're a logged-in user. Mm -hmm. So in, in that case... You've, you've been to Cabela's. They probably somewhere along the way have been able to track your shopping behavior mm -hmm. and things like that, right? Like Cabela's is probably going to be your preferred location that's right. going to come up. So if you do have a budget to be able to pay to play, you might actually be a local, a smaller facility and be able to get in that game, mm -hmm. if you will, to your point and, and get above these big national players. To get past your point, in between that Dunham's and Cabela's is a Dick's Sporting Goods, and Dick's mm. didn't show up anywhere in the results. Wow. And I've been to that Dick's. So mm. it, it, that's an interesting concept, too. That I didn't even think about it until you said that. I forgot about Dick's because it's, it's, 
you um, you mentioned my my service area where I go. Uh-huh. I shop that area all the time, you know. And I'm I'm an outdoorsman. I'm a sporting goods kind of guy. I'm a hunting fishing kind of guy. And and that's one of the big things that Dick Sporting Goods touts. And they didn't. It didn't even get served up on my phone. Hmm. Better get on that. That's good. Good stuff for sure. All right. All right. We gotta so move on. <laughs> I, I want you to remember all the way back to January of 2017 for a sec. Whoa. Wow. When Facebook. Uh, change not Facebook again to just calm yourself <laughs> when Facebook um, Mark Zuckerberg specifically decided to coin their new sort of business model and how they would feed mm. you information as video first mm-hmm. right and so I also want to feed you that uh, YouTube processes over 3 billion searches a month it's the number two as we know mm-hmm. search engine behind Google but it is bigger than Bing, Yahoo, AOL, and pretty much everything else combined. So it's important, to say the least, right? And then a recent HubSpot um, article and survey said, you know, 43% of consumers want more video content. Um, 51.9% of Marcom pros finally see the value in video. I mean... It's been coming for a while here, but now we get it. Um, and then 48% of marketers are integrating YouTube specifically with another 46% of them integrating Facebook video, including live, um, into that. So it's no surprise that video is important, right? Which leads me to my question instead of another statement, which is, uh, what are your tips for optimization of video for search for views? Uh, I, I mean, from my perspective in, in a number of years of, of doing both, like, you know, on-page and off-page SEO, especially when it comes to video, the, a lot of, of similar principles work uh, as you might optimize for on-page, uh, meaning if each video could be viewed as a page, you could approach it similarly, right, mm-hmm. in terms of, of uh, keyword themes, Per the relevancy of the the topic, whatever you're discussing, uh, you know, good good page title would be a good title of a whatever video. the video. Uh, same thing for the description. How many YouTube videos are out there with like they have horrible the file format? The DSC underscore yeah. four yeah. five. Yeah. And odds are I've watched it too. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so I, I think really great descriptions uh, being placed in there too um, are are super helpful. I would say optimize it the same way you would a Google My Business page or like Jason said, a sub page on a site. There's, uh, you've got your page title, mm-hmm. you've got your your profile altogether. So uh, Adrian's Facebook channel. Mm-hmm. You would go and optimize the introduction page. Mm-hmm. You would optimize your banner image. You would make sure you've got a link back to your website and contact information. And then, that, then you go to your video um, you can add logos to it. You can add a proper optimized title. You can customize your URL to have your brand in the URL mm-hmm. in your channel. You can have a description. I think you're offered up to two links you get, to in the description. Um, the item, they call it, in, so there's like two boxes basically. So there's item, it's like a blue box, and that's like 75 characters or something. But then there's description, which you can like... Um, put whatever you want to right. in there. Mm-hmm. And that can be mixes of like links, like you were saying, plus words and, yeah. you know, other types of, you know, if you were using a product, you can, you know, have backlinks to that or whatever. So like there's all these different ways that you can 
use that, but um, I guess, like, how, right? So, I mean, it makes sense, like, we do this, right? So, like, optimize it. So, maybe, like, pull that back a sec and, like, give me something, like, what tool might you use? Or is there something free out there that your everyday Joe can use? And I know we're not a how-to channel, but... <laughs> Uh, I think that um, there there is a particular aspect of what we do that is kind of how to. So, what you know, where would you grab something like that, or how could we give an everyday Joe? What's well, universal search, anyways, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So, uh, I mean, trust your gut. Go and do it. if if you develop a video, maybe mm -hmm. you develop a video series of how tos or what is. Mm -hmm. um, go and do a search yourself and see what comes up see what you're going to get a mix of videos you're going to get a mix of images and then and then more static content and see what comes up see how people are wording things see how they're they're describing the the content it is uh, odds are some it's going to be good some it's going to be horrible uh is there uh, a combination of those phrases that you can dominate obviously there's free keyword research tools out there that totally play into this um yes uh, you know Google updated the keyword tool recently, mm -hmm. Keyword Planner. Um, Keyword.io is a great free one um, to, to go and do some searches. Um, I think if you want to dominate in a YouTube world, it's very much the DIY or it's very much the how-to, what is, where is. It's, it's the question. The, the more technical it is, I think the better off that you're going to be able to, to optimize. Put Blatantly put what, that's, what, that, yep. what that question is as the title of your video and, and even more so to increase the likelihood that somebody's going to click on it, you know, in your description, or if you can work it into the title, like, um, okay. Um, how do I change, you know, um, front axle change on, you know, 2002 something in 10 minutes or less, right? Like actually give them a timeline and the same thing in your description, you know, saying like, this is not accelerated at all. Literally in 10 minutes, I'm going to show you how to do this. That's going to help promote a strong call to action. Click through. Somebody's going to watch. How it. do you yeah. feel about like transcripts or things of that nature? Like, is that, where does that rank in your level of importance for things? I think that's good. Uh, potentially if you're going to have it, uh, the video embedded back in a blog post on your own site. I don't think you need to transcribe your video on YouTube itself. You could. Mm -hmm. You could. I, I don't see why not. Mm -hmm. You're right. However, um, and the closed captioning, uh, but the closed captioning option is fairly simple to integrate right. so, uh, within yeah. YouTube. A it, lot of what, what what I'm getting at is people don't often, or always rather, maybe often is too strong, but people don't always watch the videos with the sound on. Agreed. Um, especially in your Facebook feed or, or you know whatever you're scrolling. So two different things, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think if you're uploading natively yeah. to Facebook, absolutely, because if you have if you have video shut off mm -hmm. to autoplay mm -hmm. for sure, and nobody nobody, I don't want you to know that I'm watching a video on Facebook mm -hmm. when I'm at work, mm -hmm. um, but I'm gonna watch it. I think YouTube, there's an opportunity mm -hmm. for it too, and and I just even talked about it. Earlier, we're we're running, and this is the purpose of this podcast is not touting what we do, but we've seen really really good success with some some pre roll video campaigns mm -hmm. that don't have a voiceover. Right. There's no voice to it at all. There's music. I could care less if you watch the music or if you hear the music mm -hmm. or not. You're getting the main points and more like a motion graphic mm -hmm. on the ad in the video. 
And I can tell you right now that the view rate on that on that ad is probably 15 to 20% better than if you had, uh, you know, Mr. Voiceover Man talking. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of value in it, certainly from an advertising perspective. I think natively in Facebook, voiceover for sure, YouTube, I question it. I, I know that, you know, Google doesn't need that, the transcript to know what the meat of the video right. is about. I've seen, um, if you do, like, if in search, if you click on the video tab to show only mm-hmm. see yep. video results, a lot of those top results aren't coming from YouTube. It might be a YouTube embedded video on a blog page, but the blog page has been optimized to its fullest, so it takes precedence over the YouTube page itself. And a lot of that is done with all the different, you know, all the SEO best practices, including maybe not a um, transcription of the, the blog post, but a summary of the blog post, kind of like we do for ours. Mm-hmm. You know, um, oh, of the video, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> because I believe the transcription, as far as captioning, is defaulted into YouTube. But as far as well, you don't tra- automatically get transcri- transcription. You can. It's mm. not, I don't think, I think gotcha. that's like an option. Like, I think you have to request that or add it. You asked about third-party tools, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. for optimizing. Yeah. I don't think there is a third-party tool that would be worth your time. It's oh, no, using no. the tools that are available to you. Right, so I'm asking, what I'm asking is, like, I'm making a title for a video. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I best optimize that? Because we keep throwing the word around, like, it's like, oh, we all don't want to do that. And, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe we do, but there's often times where I'm, like, looking at a, even a blog post or mm-hmm. something, and I'm looking to, like, Figure out what's really the most valuable use of that very small space right. for a title. I think Jason's right then on that. Yeah. What is it answering? Ask mm-hmm. the question in the sure. title. And I think I think if you ask, if you search in Google, see the results, go to YouTube itself mm-hmm. and, and do a search. Too. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then another little trick, I guess, is you know if you can boil down the topic of your video to like one word mm-hmm. or a short phrase, go into YouTube type that word mm-hmm. or phrase into the search bar mm-hmm. and see what yes. auto-populates mm-hmm. um, and see... For Google or for YouTube? For YouTube. Okay, good, good. I mean, Google yeah. too, yeah. but I mean, if you're optimizing for YouTube, mm-hmm. then, then you know, look in YouTube and see what auto-populates when you start typing um, that word or phrase into the search box. And then, you know, again, going back to what Jason said, see what is popping up for those mm-hmm. phrases and, you know, see what you can do better. Also, I'm looking at um, some search results and looking at the like cover photo. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, that's not something um, that's readable by the search engine per se, but it might entice a click if if it's a you know rather than just a still shot from your video that is just like a person with no context. You know, create like a cover image that could be. You know. For the channel or for the video? For, for, for the, the video. video. Like the, okay. What shows up as the, the thumbnail. becomes the thumbnail. Yeah. To mm-hmm. add to those searches, too, as you're building on that idea, so if you have keyword phrases and themes that you're doing some, some searching in YouTube, sort that by the most popular and see what videos are the most popular. Go to those channels, go to those videos, and see what are the tactics that they are employing. Why are they rising to the top? Do they have those? Do they have those images? Are the descriptions well filled out? Is the title really uh, descriptive as well? I, I bet. I bet they are. To, to yeah, Ashley's point, a lot point. of times I get like clients that will say, you know, I just don't understand why this video is, you know, a million views or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, 
because it doesn't have any of these, you know, some of it is like pop culture or just the nature right. of social media, it's the which nature, really yeah. makes people angry, right? <laughs> because they everybody wants a freaking viral video of some sort. So how you know, there's there's not a magic formula, but certainly there's a way to attract people what? to search to find what you're looking to find what they are looking what for. What you're asking search. about is through organic search, and what mm -hmm. you just referenced was that stuff that doesn't happen through search. That that organic, or sorry, that, that viral know. element. Something mm. explodes like that, mm. it's not done through search. It's done through social media and word of mouth, and boom, it just kind of takes off. I would disagree with you, because I feel like sometimes, I don't think that's the only reason, I guess, it's really, it's not necessarily well, view, disagreement. But no, I would no, say view, that. View, view YouTube as potentially as a, as a, as a social media channel, too, yeah, right? Right, right? So it could be, it could happen that way, right. too. Yeah, right? I think it's a combination of things, I'm and not, I think that that's probably another podcast. I'm not doing a lot of, you're right, <laughs> I'm not doing a lot of searches for kids crashing on bikes, mm -hmm. you know, like, I'm that phrase, I'm not going to Google search that, but you know that kids crashing on bikes mm -hmm. is probably one of the top viewed images or videos on YouTube. <laughs> So to come full circle, <laughs> we would certainly suggest optimizing it similarly to you would doing on page. Mm -hmm. uh, to Ashley's point, go directly to YouTube, do a search, don't hit enter, right. see what other suggestions are coming up. Mm -hmm. If you have an existing YouTube channel, you can actually go into and see some, some really good keyword data um, in YouTube. Uh, it would be your traffic sources and look and, and do uh, so YouTube search report and you can see the keywords similar to what we look at in, in AdWords. You can see the phrases that people are actually searching on that give you your ad. The other thing is there's a really great Chrome extension. It's called VidIQ Vision for YouTube. Um, more or less uh, similar to some other extensions, Chrome extensions uh, let you see uh, kind of a little bit more detail behind, you know, whether it's a content creator or the themes and the keywords that come out of each one of those. So I, I think that, that you, you could take that base level idea of doing a little bit of organic search to the next level and seeing what, yeah. what pops up. I think also something to just <clears throat> remind is that it's not just, it's not something that you do sporadically. No. You no. should have a strategy mm -hmm. behind what you're trying to achieve. Totally. You know, you don't just upload it on the fly and hope for the best and then complain when it doesn't work. And, you know, these are all sort of like normal things that I think we might even take for granted a little bit because we're a little ingrained in that, but that our customers wouldn't necessarily, or our clients wouldn't necessarily totally understand because they're just focused on the video. And we all want to, we all want to rank or be right. relevant for the flavor of the month or the flavor of the day. But you have to realize mm -hmm. that, okay, you've, I've gone through my, my, my keyword research mm -hmm. and my ideation process. I made my selection. Mm -hmm. You have to go and do a gut check mm -hmm. and say, how many results are coming up for this? How competitive is right. it? What's the likelihood that I'm actually, I'm a nobody, right. that I'm the likelihood that I can actually compete yeah. for this and type of content? And focus over time, too. Mm -hmm. um, I think that people sometimes give up very quickly. Like, I didn't get a thousand views within my first two weeks of it being uploaded <laughs> or whatever. You know, I think that that's something that is you know, pa patience <clears throat> in that space. I made a joke when I came in this morning. I said... I did an ad workout two days in a row. How come I don't have a six pack mm -hmm. yet? It's the same. <laughs> same, same kind of Precisely. Precisely. I think that's. I think that's really good. Do mm -hmm. do some searching in YouTube. Do some searching in Google. Um, see what those big how to keywords are. See what the review keywords are. Tutorials. Um, 
obviously anything funny is going to be, you know, if it's, if it's informative or entertainment value, it's, it's on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, there's more 18 to 49 year olds that are dialed into various YouTube videos mm-hmm. than, than any other cable channel combined. So. And DIYers. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Yep. And, and I think a little bit of effort toward optimizing yeah. even yeah. will go a long way. Totally. You yeah. don't have to be Agreed. dialed into necessarily the no. magical keyword because I don't believe that there is one. Right. It's just getting into some best practices would be really, really good to, to come up with. So, yeah. Actually, before you jump in, one final stat I forgot to read <clears throat> since we're still talking about optimization mm-hmm. a little bit because ours kind of sort of went together. Um, so Google Maps has had a billion users who have s- visited 1.5 billion destinations. They account for one-third of all mobile searches mm-hmm. and have gr- that, that metric has grown 50% faster than overall mobile searches in just the last year. Hmm. Dang. Hmm. All right. Well, I think... I'll maybe save my topic for next time. Oh, <laughs> come on, or, or, or turn it into a blog post. No, oh, go for it. Give us a teaser. <laughs> Lay it out. Okay. According to Mashable. <laughs> <laughs> BuzzFeed. I was going oh, for BuzzFeed. Oh, <laughs> BuzzFeed <laughs> News is a viable outlet. <laughs> Quick break. Well, this isn't necessarily hard-hitting news. This is more of one of my little um, content features, if you will. So, um... I wanted to talk a little about just making your content more readable. Mm. Um, so going back to uh, the point you had made earlier, Jason, about um, having your most important information you know, near the top for mobile searchers, mobile readers, so that they're getting the information that they're looking for. Um, the quality of the writing is going to also play a part in that. Um, and you know, nobody is perfect, of course. Um, and there are probably a lot of people who are writing for the web who might not consider themselves like a capital W writer. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, there's some tools available to kind of, I want to say optimize, which is not the Uh, right, not the right word. Edit, edit. I'm turning, turning, I'm turning into an SEO. (laughs) I'm an SEO. Um, my back, my background is writing. So, um, editing was the word that I was looking for. So, um, let's see. So if you are using Yoast's SEO plugin on WordPress, there's, um, a little line that'll come up when it, when it kind of measures the readability of your, of your content, it'll be the, the flesh Kincaid readability mm-hmm. score. Um, so that, that's a real thing. And it kind of um, measures, you know, how many syllables are in the words that you're using. Um, Number of words per num- sentence. Yep, yeah. exactly. And so there's just all these little elements that can, if you think about making your writing less verbose, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, breaking down those like four syllable words into an easier two syllable um, synonym. And um, so the Yoast SEO plugin will point some of these things out to you. They won't necessarily tell you what you need to fix. They'll just mm-hmm. say this is happening. Um, there's another tool that I like to use um, called Hemingway app. And we'll make sure to link to that in the blog post too. I'll 
more often than not, I will run a blog post through this tool before publishing it just as a final proofreading measure. Um, and it will actually highlight the things that it wants you to fix. And with anything, you kind of, again, have to do a gut check, like, do I really need to fix this? Mm -hmm. um, or is the tool just telling me this because that's what it's been programmed to do? Mm -hmm. You still need to, like, approach it as right. a human and, and be like, this is no, this is how I want to say this. I'm not going to take your suggestion because then it will make even less sense. So, um, anyway, um, I have a few other things that I'll mention in the show notes here, but, um, all this boils down to, um, quality content, right? The, the, um, the quality of the writing will affect how much time people might want mm -hmm. to spend engaging with your content. Oh, 100% agree, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. if it's if it's horribly written content, you're either going to glaze over it mm -hmm. or, or you're not going to read right, it. Like, like you're mm, just going to back out. Yep, exactly. So, um, and, you know, quality content is what Google wants to see from us. And we've talked about the concept of EAT um, before, on the podcast, so that's an acronym that you know Google will use to talk about quality content. So it stands for expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. And the last thing that you want is your writing style or the quality of the writing to get in the way of delivering um, this overall perception of you being an expert or being authoritative or you being trustworthy. I know when I land on a... I mean, there's many factors that go into like what might make me consider a website shady, you know. But if the writing is kind of garbled, not really, you know, straightforward, not easy to read, I'm not going to trust it, even mm -hmm. if it has really good content. Mm -hmm. Does it talk anything in there about um, keeping it quality, authoritative, readable, while maintaining voice? You know, it's, you know, I might write differently than you would write or mm -hmm. anything or Jason writes. Mm -hmm. We all have our own unique voices, but we might be able to project so the same. Brands. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll be able to project the same message at the end of the day, but mm -hmm. my writing style is going to be very different than the next person's writing mm -hmm. style. Yep. Is there anything about um, I mean, touching on that? I'm not, I'm not really referencing any particular article. It was just something that... Mm -hmm. um, that kind of came up. I mean, okay, I then did. You, then you're it. What, you, what, what prompted it was that I did come across a Content Marketing Institute article that I will share that's on, um, you know, making your content more readable. Um, I think, you know, voice, I don't think that there's any wrong way to do it as long as you're being consistent. And that's more of a, like, a user experience thing, right, than, like, an actual, like, Google is looking for you to have a certain voice. Yeah, because um, I don't think, I don't think that they, I don't think that they do. It goes back to a, a comment that has stuck in my head that Adrian made a, a while ago on one of the redirects on, you know, it's this concept, does AI, uh, like, recognize brand value? Mm -hmm. And and I don't think it does right now. That, but that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. I, I could be totally wrong in that in that like, mind. That I don't I don't believe that. I don't think Google cares whether or not one blog post is is has the right. brand on point over right. another. And um, Google might not. But I think what we're sort of tiptoeing around here is that that. Um, the test for Yoast, which is the re the readability score, mm. doesn't take into account like your brand tone. Agreed. It's mm -hmm. mostly like reading level and mm -hmm. yep. do you have too many words in this sentence? Yep. And um, are there too many multi, you know, syllable words in this sentence? And are you using, I think it, 
it's sort of pings me usually when I look at it if I'm getting... Passive voice. Passive or? voice and also using overly technical words that, that may not fit with the rest of the structure, mm-hmm. right? Like to define something or something, it'll, it'll grab for that. But um, it's no different than their. I mean, I it's working I, on averages, right? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I poke holes at their keyword. Mm-hmm. You know, drop the keyword in here. Well, but I'm going after yeah. more than just that. The yeah. theme can't and be defined you do by have a to single think keyword. Think about it, like you know, it's a template. It's yeah, a templated yeah. response, and it's trying to create a templated solution yeah. to something that's kind of more complicated than yes. that, right? Yep. So definitely, like. Going with your mm-hmm. gut and and totally. using these using these tools as right. like an editing helper, mm-hmm. um, yeah, for sure. You know you can look at these things that are being called out and and and, and you, certainly if you're beginning, like maybe you're just starting yeah. writing and you know you don't know any of this and those are all really really helpful. Yep. So you you certainly you kind of landed on you almost or you have some sort of a voice defined before you before you go into this right. And, and these are tools to help you further solidify uh, just the, 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 I guess, approach with the content mm-hmm. and how it's going to be, mm-hmm. how it's going to be written. So, okay. Yeah, it's not a direct, it's not directly going to affect, like, Google's not going to say, oh, right. your writing is terrible. I'm, you know, I'm not going to let you surface in a search. What it will come down to is are, when users do land on your page, are they... Are they staying on the page? Mm-hmm. Are they um, spending time on the page? Are they leaving the page right mm-hmm. away? Um, and then Google will use those signals to kind of decide if, if yeah, your point. content is yeah. worth surfacing. So, again, you're not writing for Google. You're writing mm-hmm. for the end user. People. So, mm-hmm. Yep, Perfect. people. Good, 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 good. It always comes back to the human being. <laughs> uh, how quickly we forget that. So, Well, good stuff. I think that was, uh, I think that's really great pieces of information. We covered a lot from uh, changes at Google, uh, Google Local, Maps, uh, you know, how to optimize YouTube, and uh, which I think we could even go even deeper on that. I'll include some links to um, some stuff that I found that. Yeah, I think that would be great. Question, so. And then uh, write better content, you know? Let's, let's make things a little bit classier. So. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm looking at you. All right, until next time, good luck. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.